I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing while we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hi Shannon. Hi Sierra. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's that day that neither of us work on. Nope. <laughs> I'm still unemployed. She sure are. Thanks, pandemic. So this morning, Shannon sent me something on Instagram. We frequently send each other mm-hmm. posts. Mm-hmm. And you sent me something today that I really liked and that resonated with me on a deeper level than I think it was intended to be resonated on. Um, and so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and share it. Please do. It's a post on Instagram by a woman named Heidi Rose Robbins, who's an astrologer and a poet and a speaker. Um, Shannon and I both are cancers. Um, we relate to each other on that on a lot of different levels. So she sent me this today. The moon stays in cancer all day today, Pacific time, which we're not in Pacific time, but whatever. (laughs) And then it says this. I'll be honest. I often look around my house and make a list of all its imperfections. I have 20 ways I want to fix, remodel, and redo our house. And certainly home improvements feel great. But sometimes, often, it's good to look around and say, this is my home. This is our shelter. This is our hearth. Hearth? I don't know. Hearth. Hearth. This is our hearth. Is it? now? Now I'm doubting it. I think Tim said hearth, too. We're going to say hearth. This is our shelter. This is our hearth. I will trust that as I change and grow, my home will organically and beautifully reflect that. There is no rush. There is no lack. Today, I will see only the beauty of a space we are blessed to inhabit. Today, I will feel the walls, mirrors, art, furniture, floors, kitchen pots, and windows all reflect back the love of we who live within. There is nothing to fix today. Today, I will feel and know my heart and hearth and home to be as one. And I loved that for many reasons. The first being on a base level. Shannon knows this about me, but I love, 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 love shifting things around in my space, perfecting. I've painted every single wall in our apartment I have a rainbow on this wall. I have a sunset over here. I have stripes. I've painted the moldings. Polka dots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love polka dots. Those are in my bathroom. And that constantly brings me joy. I can walk into a room in my house and automatically name like 10 things that I want to do, which is great on the one hand. It's something that I thoroughly enjoy I know Shannon you do too we relate on that right that's that cancer queen the crab you know you feel most comfortable in your own shell so why not redecorate that shell and the pandemic has been that time for us I know we both find a lot of comfort in 
well, I'm unemployed, but I guess I can, like you said, rearrange this, paint that, and suddenly that sense of validation of finishing a project. So we'd both definitely, and that's why I initially sent it to you, because Mm -hmm. we had just talked about last night. I said, are you happy with how everything looks right now and feels? You're like, yeah, I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. And then I sent that to you, but you kind of, it it kind of interpreted in a different way. Well, at first I interpreted it, obviously, in that way, because yeah, we were just talking about it, and it's a big thing in our life, Um, but... Then I got to thinking, where am I? Where am I at this week? This past week was a little rough for me, honestly. Um, I'm getting ready to go back to work. I work with kids when I'm not performing, um, and so in order to go back to work, I have to get re CPR certified. I had to get my fingerprints done again, and I had to go to the doctor. Um, they have to fill out a medical form, and it's all to make sure that you know, you're eligible and okay to work with kids, which is wonderful. If I was a parent, I would want the teachers and administration to have to go through the same thing. But as a human being, uh, it was a lot. And what was the hardest part of it for me this past week was the doctor's appointment. And That's gotten harder as I've gotten older. It's just a pain in the ass to make appointments, to make sure insurance is covered, all that jazz. Then you have to deal with people. You have to wait in the waiting room. It takes forever. But this particular one was so bad. I had to get blood drawn and they couldn't find a vein. And I was feeling bad about it. I was like, I should have drank more water, whatever. But the worst part about it was that they pulled out the scale to take my my weight. Now, I have been avoiding the scale purposely. After that appointment, I started feeling, I was feeling really down about myself. The number was double what I imagined it was, higher than it's ever been. And I was feeling really, really down and sad and guilty and like insert insert it here I was feeling it however I think this post can be translated not just to our physical homes but our bodies being our homes right I don't think I in fact I know for a fact that I do not take enough time to stop and appreciate where I'm at constantly I am either looking at old pictures and being like, fuck, how do I get back to there? I was so fit. I was so this. I was so that. Or, you know, thinking ahead and being like, crap, I have to go to the gym I and I need to start doing it for this many weeks because then, you know, who knows if I did, whatever. It goes I'm con- back to that obligation. Yes, exactly. It's an obligation and it's never good enough. But the fact of the matter is I'm living and I'm fairly healthy and my body has been doing its job. That's all we can ask for. I think it's so important to stop and take stock of what you have, especially when it comes to health. Coming out of this pandemic, I am so lucky that I didn't have to deal with getting COVID when so many other people were heavily affected by it. My body has carried me through a pandemic. It has kept me safe. It has kept me healthy. It has kept me warm. It has kept me alive. And 
I just want to remind everyone right now to take a moment and like thank your body. Thank your temple. And don't feel guilty for where you're at. Don't feel obligated to do this, that. Your body is the conduit to life. And so let's just take a moment to thank ourselves and love ourselves. Thank you for sharing all of that. Of course. The number on the scale is not a reflection of worth. And like we said in our teaser and ever in all the episode, we've been friends for eight plus years and that comes with weight fluctuations and that comes with one of us being in a really healthy place physically, I put that in quotes, physically we're very active because we're in a show or what have you. And another time when you're a little bit more uh, still, uh, which is during the pandemic, we're not moving as much. And it's easy for that to translate immediately to worth and for going to the doctor where they just need stats. They just need your vitals. Exactly. They just need a number. But for us having been, like you said, and I'm very similar, I'm not jumping on the scale because I know it, it's triggering for me to immediately correlate that to worth. But I, I love that idea of your body being your home, being happy with where it is in that moment and doing your best to remind yourself to release that expectation of what you're supposed to look like, feel like, mm-hmm. what your level of activity is and how in any way because of society that has now been correlated to self-worth. Absolutely. And un unpacking that narrative that inner monologue that we've been told since we were we little girls Mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing thank you for sharing that post with me of course yeah Heidi Rose Robbins I need to find her uh we'll put her podcast in the bio as well because she's great she's wonderful great cool here today to tell us what's been storming her brain is my dear friend. She is a comedy queen. She is a fucking beltress uh, and a wench. Her name is Catherine Landetta. Hi, Kat. Hello. I love that you <laughs> called me a wench. <laughs> I know. I, I used it purposely because uh, you're the one I heard that term from and I love it. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> what does wench mean to you, Catherine? It's 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 a woman who's oh I don't really know (laughs) but it sounds really funny she's like an edgy woman Mm -hmm. she's edgy for sure Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I the first time she called me wench I died (laughs) and every time still um so a little background on how Kat and I met we met a few years ago doing a production of Avenue Q in Ashland Oregon and Catherine was, first of all, that whole cast, it was magical. That does not happen often where every single person in the cast got along. And not only that, but like really genuinely loved each other. And we all would get together once a week for these sessions, which coincidentally, we would call them like brainstorming sessions. I don't know if you remember that, Catherine. Um, But Catherine was a big part of that. And in these brainstorming sessions, we would all work on whatever we wanted and try and get feedback from one another. You know, one week someone would work on a song that they've been wanting to sing forever. We would talk about branding, where other people see you cast. Um, And Catherine was a really big part of that. And you helped ignite something in me, like a creative spark that I hadn't had 
at least in a while, we would get together and write sketches and we filmed two of them. I think they're on my website, actually. (laughs) (laughs) They're on the internet for sure. Yeah, you can find them on the internet. But I just immediately fell in love with Catherine back then. And I, so I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so touched that you're having me. Yeah. Well, I want to find out a little, I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are, um, where you come from, your journey, but also what I want to hear about is what have you fucking been up to during this pandemic? What's been going on? I've seen some things. We watched your stand up and it was hilarious. And I want to talk about that. But first, tell us who you are. um, Give us some background and Oh God, that's my favorite question ever. It's so bland. Um, it's so vague. It's, it's also just like a big question. Like, I don't know. I'm just a person. I also like, yeah. I really hate like whittling down who I am to like stats of like my age and where I'm from mm-hmm. and where I went to school, but okay. I'll answer the question. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and then I went to college there for uh, musical theater. And then I moved out here and I've been in New York City for about um, six and a half years um, grinding and learning about myself and evolving and um, yeah you're absolutely right that idea of having the stats and we've talked about that like having these certain columns that you have to check off in terms of how to introduce yourself to somebody but and this goes into what have you been up to during the pandemic but I think for all of us as performers or creative people, having the world stop, being able to go, okay, I need to redefine what my artistic identity is because it can't solely be performer. It can't solely be musical theater. It can't solely be one thing. So how has that been for you redefining your own artistic identity? Oh God, this is, I don't even know where to begin, (laughs) but definitely had to rethink my art and my journey and how I want to pursue it and especially coming from being a performer and with that you kind of need permission or a venue or an opportunity to perform and now that those opportunities don't exist I really decided that I can be autonomous and create my own work but also pivot into things that I've always wanted to do anyway. And actually now the pandemic to me, I mean, I'm a little over at this point, but like in the beginning I was truly thriving because I had all this time and I didn't have to work a day job. I had all the time in the world to dedicate myself to, in this case, mostly music. And the time has been such a blessing and God, it's just like made me grow so much. And I feel like a little scatterbrained because like there's so much to like even like talk about this. Absolutely. So for me, one of the roadblocks in my creative impulses and endeavors, like you said, is having a day job. That's always been my excuse of, well, once I get my creative impulses back, well, once my hours are better, well, once I find a job that doesn't suck my soul out of my body, then I'll start creating again. So like you said, having no time, what roadblocks did you encounter having all this time in the world in your creative process in terms of making music now that you didn't have the day job as an excuse now that you didn't have if any did you feel those roadblocks or did you feel like I'm just making art the only roadblock I can think of is you can't just nowadays you can't just be one thing I have come to find out I can't just or so it seems I can't just be a singer I have 
if I want to make my own music, I have to learn how to compose, how to write, how to record, how to produce. And half of me is like really excited by that. And half of me is really daunted and I guess a little salty that I have to become a quote unquote expert in those things. So I kind of found that's where a lot of my time has gone into is uh, honing all of those skill sets to create this one thing that I'm working towards. So where did you start? Did you start with like taking online classes and composing? Was it kind of just trial by error? Yes. All of the <laughs> I above. Feel, I feel like I have consumed so much during this pandemic in terms of movies, books, music, but, and including edu- education. So I did take classes. I did read a lot of books. I've done masterclass.com just like consuming, which, you know, for better or for worse, I really consumed a lot. And then, yeah, put it into practice and like made some shitty songs and then made some cool ones. Or I think (laughs) Um, just like diving in and because we only we have time now. So I just dove in and I don't know. Where do you pull your your inspiration for songwriting? I mean, I Again, I said in the beginning, you're a beltress. You have such a gorgeous voice already, but I've always found it interesting. Like, how do you, where do you draw inspiration for these songs that you've been creating? Ah, yes, inspiration. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think half the time it's you just sit down and you tell yourself, okay, I'm working on this thing for an hour and I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to sit down and try to just play. And then half the time, it's just like a random thought that pops into my head. And that seed just like ignites a whole thing. I also have like hundreds of notes on my phone. So whenever I find inspiration, like on the go, I just write it down and I like reopen my notes later on. And those are always seeds for inspiration. And just generally, like I have so many thoughts and emotions. So I don't know. I don't, I actually don't feel like I run dry on things to talk about. So that actually leads me to my next question. And what do you love about how your brain works? The earlier you're like, I'm feeling a little scatterbrained right now, but like you said, we're similar in that there's never a lack of feeling or opinion on something or a want to connect or learn like you were saying. So what about your brain? Have you found specifically during the pandemic? You go, I really like how I process that, or I obtain information that way, or I, I appreciate how analytical my brain is. Mm. I mean, also to my own detriment, because then you can think yourself in spirals, but I appreciate that I think deeply about things and feel deeply about things and have opinions. Like any wench would. I That's Like right. any wench would. I also can attest to this. I, I think I mentioned this to Shannon earlier, but something that I really, really love and appreciate about you, Catherine, is that you know, when we were doing these sessions, when you and I were writing sketches or when we were working in these brainstorming sessions with our friends, you were not one to blow smoke up my ass. You weren't judgy at all, but you were honest. And I feel like that isn't always easy to find in somebody. And that honesty is so conducive to pushing forward ideas and following through. I remember telling Shannon when we had met being like, dude, I finally found someone who I have these ideas, but she helps me bring them out and she puts them to paper. And like, there's no stagnancy. You don't allow stag. I mean, maybe you do, but at least 
in my experience with you, there was no allowance of stagnancy and of, oh, I have this idea. Okay. Now that's it. Nothing else happens. Like you help push them forward. And I so appreciate that about you. That's something that, um, yeah, that's, that's, thank you. Hard to find. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm not one to really be dishonest and especially for those brainstorming sessions, the whole purpose was for us to be, was to grow. Right. And if that requires you to be uncomfortable for a, a little bit, then like, that's fine. Being uncomfortable helps right. you grow. And that comes from that, that level of trust and it being like we were talking about earlier, it being constructive, it's not condescending, but it's a trusted safe yeah. space. And I feel like, I mean, just from following you on Instagram, you have that with your roommates and that kind of led to you feeling safe to share your first stand up set. I don't know. That <laughs> yeah, can you tell us more about that? Cause yeah. we listened to it ahead of time and oh, it was God. hilarious. You're very nice. It's not my best work. It's my literal first time in my life doing that. I mean, yeah, it's been my pipe dream to do stand up. And I've since written a few more sets. <laughs> I don't know if they're done, but yeah, I, my roommates slash my neighbors upstairs um, and my household would like meet for salon nights, which is kind of like, kind of like our brainstorming sessions, but this was more for like a performance based thing, more so than like feedback. But we would do these salon nights and I'm like, well, first of all, I can't like try this out on a real audience because I don't want to. And also there's a pandemic mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're my friends and very supportive. So it was a great first time to do that with them. That's that's one of my pipe dreams too. So I was really lovely to see you just go, all right, it, it, it's going to be what it's going to be, but I'm putting it out in the world and yeah, whew, just yeah. fuck everything. It doesn't matter. Just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. When we were listening to your stand up, I really liked your your take on peeing as women. And <laughs> <laughs> I related to that. And Shannon, it got Shannon and I into talking like, do you have a pee your pants story? And I do. Shannon, do you have I a sure pee your do. pants story? I sure do have a pee my pants story. Catherine, do you want to share your pee your your peeing yourself story? Oh. Um you don't I have mean, to. <laughs> it's just my uh, my piss hole just, it's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's not like a mist, but like, it definitely doesn't come out in like a perfect stream. So like, I can't squat to like pee in nature or anything. Like it just runs down my leg and that's kind of like the gist. <laughs> so I have to like pee in like a proper toilet. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, like normal girl stuff. Uh -huh. Normal girl but stuff. But you had talked about you were at a Renaissance fair or something and you were wearing a dress and it was there yes. for the whole oh, time. Yeah. 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 Well, it's cuz like when you're trying to pee in like a disgusting dark porta potty, like you're gonna fuck up. Absolutely. I was <laughs> I was sprinting to a date a bit ago and you know how you sprint to dates, got to get there, got to get there. <laughs> got to be slightly sweating when I arrive and <laughs> Uh, I got to 42nd Times Square and I had to transfer. I was like, I'm not, I, ha I have to find a restroom. I have to pee at this transfer. It's not going to happen. I can't be like, hi, nice to meet you. I have to pee. I have to do it now, which in hindsight, that's not the place to find yourself a restroom. Times Square, 42nd Street. No, no. I think a porta potty might be better. And I found it, you had to go up to like a window with the glass. I'm like, hi, can I use the restroom? He was like, oh, yeah, I buzzed it in. It was like a fucking jail. And I go in and I'm like, this is not, I can't sit on this. And so I had to do the squat, but I also can't do the squat. And it ran down the lake. I went, all right, this is how it's going to be for this date and had to pull those pants back on and went to that date. And it did not go well. 
that was separate from the pee on my leg, but it, the date itself did not go well. That's horrifying. So, it was horrifying, but just that feeling of, oh, these aren't, these were clean pants recently, but not now not anymore. You're just soiled. <laughs> I peed my pants once at a trampoline park. Do tell. That's, I mean, that's the story. I guess I had to go so bad, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it wasn't even like, I was like, I have to go and I have to go now. For some reason I was like, yeah, I'll wait. Keep jumping, I'll just, bouncing yeah. my bladder. Fully pissed my <laughs> pants. That's kids for you. I wasn't a kid. I was okay. an adult. <laughs> I was an adult. <laughs> that's okay, the end that's of that weird. Yeah, oh, it was. It was. Cool. <laughs> that's the end of that story. That's kids for you. Uh, <laughs> speaking of kids, one of the things we, we've been asking our guests is what piece of advice would you give to your younger creative self, whether that's pre-pandem or way, way earlier when you were, you know, just wanting to go into this world of being an actor, like when you were 17 or whatever? Well, I don't, this isn't like a great answer, but my younger self would, I guess I would say to my younger self, just try to immerse yourself more in different art forms and just consume a variety of art and play and not be afraid to make mistakes or do whatever. It's also hard because like, I didn't necessarily have parents who supported that kind of environment and who couldn't afford or for whatever other reason didn't like put me in classes. So, you know, there's only so much that like a teenager at home can do, but especially with the internet, like there's resources. So I guess my younger self, I would say, just try to educate on your own as much as you can. And I always have this feeling of like feeling behind, quote unquote, feeling behind. So, which by the way is fake, but I feel right. it. Um, so I guess to a younger adult version of myself would just be to learn more about music and not deny that I want to be a, a solo singer outside of musical theater and just realize that that's a legit thing to do because I kind of ended up in musical theater because I'm like oh they're singing and it's more legitimate than just trying to say I want to be a pop singer let's say mm -hmm. um, like I could go to school and get a degree in musical theater look it's legit also I like acting so just being more honest with myself and not being afraid to uh, pursue what I want would be my advice. That's I, great advice. That was great advice. I needed oh, that cool. advice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's so hard to not st to stay in your own lane in this career, especially with social media. And we talk about, you know, you see your other creative friends being hashtag booked and blessed. And then it's that whole idea of, like you said, I'm behind. What timeline are you talking about? Whose timeline? And the second pandemic hit, but okay, well, I'm on my own timeline now. And what really brings me joy? And for you, that's creating music in your own way. So that's really, really yeah. special. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Okay. But join us as we keep storming Catherine's brain and accurately predict her future. Oh, God. Great. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, something that you and I have in common is that we're both, I, I think, pretty witchy people in that we love our crystals. We love our 
um, horoscopes. our horoscopes. We love our tarot cards. We love our spooky things. And am I right about this? <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk. <laughs> I, I was. Then I think I have really questioned the law of attraction. I've really questioned, I've questioned some things recently and half of me believes and half of me doesn't. So there's that. Well, you're going to believe in this sister. Okay. Can't Hold wait. out of your horses. Cause I've kind of weighed it accurately predict your future um and it's through this childhood game i don't know if you know it it's called mash Mashmaker. oh god oh god <laughs> oh god did you play this growing up of course, <laughs> of course she was did. this at like school would you play it at sleepovers all of that mm. all of that Oh, I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? We just feel like in these pandemic times, you know, like you said, you're hooking onto your music, you're finding new things that you want to launch forward with, but a lot of people are feeling lost and a lot of people need a little direction. And Sierra is our mash maker. She's going to help you find that, that trajectory. Don't worry, girl. I got you. Great. Great. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to draw a spiral. You're going to tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. Stop. Great. Um, this is going to help us determine this is a our scientific, yeah. magic number, which is going to help with the predictions. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to need you to, I'm going to name a few categories and under each category, you're going to give me either three or four options. I'll let you know. Um, mm -hmm. So this first category is partner. <laughs> and <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> okay. So, so name Name three people for a partner. That could be real people. It could be a celebrity is really open. Okay. Uh, real people. I don't dare do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll go with celebrities. Okay. Great. So my boo, Jason Momoa. Ooh. <laughs> what a dream. Mm. Um, number two can be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Ooh. <laughs> I like both these men because they are actually incredible examples of masculinity, of healthy masculinity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're just uh, hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, a third, how about, how about like a, a Keegan-Michael Key? Oh, oh I, like I love him. him. Actually, give me one more for this one. Okay, um, John Legend. <gasps> wow. I'm, I am looking for the John Legend to my Chrissy Teigen. Just want to put that out there to all the listeners. I think you'll find it. That's really spot on. Yeah. Really, Isn't that spot on though? That's really it's spot really on. spot on. <laughs> I see a cookbook in your future. Yeah. I don't do that, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was me good. I just see a cookbook in your future. Yeah. Okay, Kat, give me um, number of children. Give me three. One, two, three. Two. Three, and then I'll put in your fourth option, which is none. Uh, next is career. Give me three options for career. Okay, let's go with singer. Let's go with actor. Don't worry if they're adjacent. Let's go with therapist. Okay, and I'll do your fourth one, which is digital marketing. Great. 
Catherine told us on the break that she's been taking classes for digital marketing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, we have mode of transportation. Give me three. Okay. Jet ski. Great. Um, sports car. Sports car. Private plane. <laughs> Private plane. And then Shan, give her a fourth. I would love an electric pogo stick for you. I like Ooh. that. I like that. Yeah. All right. And as a refresher, remind us what MASH stands for, could you? MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So that's, that's going to be our first category. And those are the options for it. So I'm going to go through and do my MASH thing. She's going to mash it up. Come this on, is MASH. <laughs> <laughs> this is big at sleepovers and it was so stressful. You were like, this is going to decide. This yeah. meant a lot. This had a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. And look at me now. <laughs> None of that shit came true. But this one, this one's it though. <laughs> uh, this is going to lock and load it for us. Yeah. 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 We would do, and like you said, I wouldn't dare do real people, but that was big at sleepovers. I'd be like, I'm going to drop Trevor Simpson's name and I, if I get him. So So, because you had to like pick boys in your class or your grade. Or the janitor. Horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Horrifying. Horrifying. Wow. We're getting some decisions. We are. Wow. Oh, How God. are you feeling? Uh, I'm just <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> I better get a mansion. You very well might. Okay. Okay. No spoilers. <laughs> okay. Your results are in. Okay. This is my prediction for your future. You will live in a mansion. Oh, hell yeah. You're welcome. Uh, your partner is going to be Jason Momoa. Thank Christ. Uh -huh, and you guys are just, you're going to have a kid together. Just one. Okay. That's fine. You're going to be a singer. Great. And you're going to have a jet ski sister. <laughs> That's okay. going to be your main mode of transportation. Hell yeah. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Well, it's also very accurate. So you're welcome. We're going to check in in about, you want five to 10 years on that? We can check in. I was hoping for like a two to three year time frame. I'm we not can do that. getting any younger. <laughs> and mansion prices are down because of the pandemic so That's this right. might be the That's time true. to buy That's right. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. great two to three yeah. years we'll check in okay great thanks Sierra you're welcome you <laughs> alright All right, we're just going to take a quick little break we'll be right back so Catherine we wanted to know if you have any creative endeavors you'd like to share or you know, whether that's like a song, a poem, a passage, anything that's resonated with you lately, whether it's yours or whether it's someone else's, or if you have both. Oh, okay. I remember this part of the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, uh, for this, I will share someone else's work. Beautiful. <laughs> um, it's uh, actually from the book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear, Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. I recently listened to the audiobook. It was like a super trendy book when it came out a few years ago, hmm. but it's like for creative people as the title will suggest. Um, and she has a whole chapter on uh, survival, like day jobs. And one of the biggest things in that whole book that resonated with me is, and this is a paraphrase, is don't burden your art by thinking it has to pay for your life. People murder their creativity by demanding their art to pay their bills. 
Exactly. (laughs) That's fantastic. Right. And it's like, because I think for whatever reason, the idea that our art has to be our full-time gig and like, that's what we want. And, you know, this constant hustling towards this like finish line that feels like it keeps getting pushed back. You can be perfectly content pursuing your art and working your job and being thankful for your job that supports your art. And of course, in an ideal world, like art would be your full-time thing. But as someone who is in the position of it not being my full-time thing, that quote really resonated with me because it's about taking the pressure off of your art. It's unburdening your art. And, you know, there's no dishonor in having a job. Dude, that absolutely (laughs) goes back to that obligation. It goes back to, for me, that I feel like that was planted in me in school, unfortunately. And that's something I want to unlearn. And I think is very toxic about BFA programs in particular. I don't know if y'all feel similarly, but, or conservatory, whatever training is this idea of, if you're moving to New York, you better be up at 5am auditioning every day, go to that day job, go to that app, that evening job, wake up, do it again. And if you're not, you're not an actor. And that fucked me up for the last three years, completely living in New York. You've been here six and a half. And to redefine that for yourself, that, that hit me hard. Thank you for sharing that. Same. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. That whole toxic, uh, like theater grind mindset that we're taught in college and just kind of, it's just present. So toxic. And also if we're looking at the bigger scale, I don't believe that we are alive to work ourselves Mm -hmm. to death. The purpose, I don't know the purpose of life, but I don't think it's to work. I agree with that. And of course, (laughs) everything in balance, like I like to work hard and play hard, but like if I am theoretically getting up early in the morning every day to go to an audition and then go work a shift, rinse and repeat, like that's not a life that feels good to me. That's not fulfilling happiness. That's not my purpose. Again, balance, but absolutely. If you're burning yourself out, there is nothing to left to give to your art and it's not going to come most likely not going to come organically. It's going to feel like an obligation Mm -hmm. or like I know, and we've talked about it before that I would, I I was driven by guilt for forever, ever since I can remember at least as an adult living in New York city, everything was driven by guilt. Oh, there's an audition oh, I haven't gone to an audition in a week. I need, ugh, I really, I'm really tired. I had a really late shift last night, but I, f- I feel like I have to go. And if I don't go, I'm not a performer. And that's ho- what a horrible way to live. And I think it's important to, like you said, fuck that cookie cutter bullshit and let joy lead the way. <laughs> let joy lead the way, you know, like, yeah, that's where the best it, work comes. Yeah. It's not a sustainable lifestyle. No. That constant grind. No, it's not. And look, we all, oh, we all hit the reset button in last March. So that's where it's like all of that, that energy that everyone was giving. And I, when I would come across other musical theater people be like, oh, you've been in New York three years. How's it going? Yeah, well, I've, I've been working. I've been working my day job and that's been okay for me. But for them, I was always like, oh yeah, okay. Well, hope you get back to it. Back to what? Back to beating myself up and waiting for my mom to go, what are you working on? Or waiting for a relative to be like, what are you working on? You know, then then it's guilt from outside sources, internal. It's just, it's not sustainable. Right. 
So yes, to all of that, to all of that. And I'm glad that. Yeah. I'm glad you're working from a place of joy. That's where this podcast came from was a place of joy. And so that's, that's where, well, and I don't think, well, I like that you said that. I don't think I have cracked the code, but I know that grinding and being out and about for 12 hours a day is not it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't exactly know what it is, but it's not that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hey, this was lovely. Thank you so much for chatting. With Thank us. you for this sharing. Yeah. Thanks where can our, um, where can our listeners find you? If you want to share that you oh. on, the, on the medias, I'm on the internet. So yeah. katherinelendetta.com or you can find me on Instagram, go on my Twitter. Fine. That I think Ooh. there's some jokes on there. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can do that. Golden. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks for sharing. Thank you to our guests for answering the question, what's been storming your brain? A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Denuzzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at Brainstorming the Podcast. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.